Hey guys, welcome to the Casey Catch Up. We got, I'm going to call you Mr. Voyager Foiler because you've done such a good job, um, I guess, stoking the fire that is, you know, downwind foiling and um, the, the, the edits and that like the Instagram page you've sort of cultivated has been awesome to, to watch and the conditions you always have in Oahu certainly gets me excited to get over there this year in July. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Simeon and... Um, Maybe give us a bit of a background on on your you know who you are. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, stoked to be on here. Stoked to finally chat and meet you. Um, it's kind of it's kind of fire. I think you guys are doing a lot better at the editing nowadays. Josh is putting out great edits. You're putting out great edits. It's kind of like lighting a fire under my butt to get good content out there. But um, but yeah, you know, it all started. It must have been like three years ago now. Um, before this, I was a canoe paddler, uh, did a lot of, I probably spent the last 12 to 14 years of competitive racing. Um, I was always a surfer in my background. Um, so when we saw foiling kind of take off on Oahu, um, you know, I, I obviously got into it, but then, you know, kind of later I could see the vision of possibly downwinding. Um, I know that you guys in Australia, the guys on Maui, they were doing it, but I was just kind of like still kind of skeptical I think the first video I saw was Matahi on a, on a GoFoil and he was downwinding. I think he was that one who was sitting down or just going crazy. And I was like, wow, that doesn't look like fun or just, he can't be going that fast. I was super skeptical when I saw that clip. Um, but as I started foiling and got addicted to the sport of foil surfing, um, I had all my, uh, my, my wheels turning in my brain thinking, you know, like, is this possible? What's possible? And I remember seeing Foil Wizard or, yeah, Scotty McNally, Jack, Jack Ho, Jack from town and Adam um, complete their first Kaiko's run. And I was just pumped. Um, those guys were like the top foilers at the time. They could, they could pump, they could surf, they could stay up uh, really good. Um, but at that moment, they were still like, it was such a new front frontier for them to be downwinding. Mm. Um, that's kind of like where I kind of developed a relationship with those guys because I could kind of see it all happening and see that they wanted to learn, but like they didn't know where to look or how to start or when to go or, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, how like surfers in general, I mean, you're, you're, you're stand up pilot too. So you kind of, mm. you kind of tune in to like, you know, pay attention to wind forecasts. We pay attention to when low tide and high tide is. We pay yeah. attention to direction of swell, direction of wind. And it was cool because I was, like I said, I was able to develop a relationship with these guys where, you know, as a pilot for the past 12, 14 years, those are some of the things that we kind of tuned into. And, you know, I would help those guys like, hey, man, like, quit looking back, you know, like all the bumps are going to form and develop right in front of you. You know, hey, you want to go low tide, you know, trade winds are really good you know 15 to 25 miles an hour we we get a pretty consistent flow of trade winds down here on oahu um but yeah no i just remember it being having an aha moment just watching these guys and just the light bulb went off in my head that like wow this is amazingly so special what's going on and what these guys are doing I have to get my GoPro out and follow these guys or capture all this because it was so special. 
Um, yeah. So actually, let's let's. I want to two things I want to pull out of that. What you're just talking. One was the the downwind, like the downwind paddling experience, and like looking forward and preempting bumps forming. That's something that right. you know you coming from an outrigger, me coming from a stand up sort of downwind background. It's we take it for granted. Honestly, it's like when I'm looking at the ocean, people looking at completely different things. Like you said, people looking back, right. it's like man, nothing's hell, nothing's going on back there. That's that's history in front like you gotta <laughs> preempt yeah. and then the other thing i picked up on was um you were talking about how you were um following on a ski so so were you like um on duty lifeguarding or like you know or you just sort of had your ski out there following or how did that sort of evolve so i would go i would go on my coastal patrols and run into these guys yeah um and, and just kind of watch it happen and just kind of almost like kind of make sure that they were safe and okay because you know, at the time it was so wild and it was so um, risky with a lot of consequence because a lot of the guys were taking off on their prone board, pumping out to sea and making their way down the coast. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, half, half where I would kind of watch, make sure that they're safe, but also kind of like observe from a distance yeah. uh, what they were doing. For and sure. then, you know, the times, the times where we would go explore more or, or, or film, you know, for sure I'd take out um our skis and uh on, on our days off and, mm. and and kind of follow and really learn and and dive into it yeah so um, you were literally yeah. running safety kind of like you know people talk about the helicopters coming and like yeah. buzzing them being like oh hey i'm fine you know but like you were running safety right. just to make sure they were cool but you were like safety but doubling up was like wow this is pretty cool it's yeah 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 for sure and it's it's definitely interesting because the sport is so new um, especially here in Hawaii, it's still growing. It's still growing quickly. Um, but you know, as as a as a lifeguard, you know, I can kind of see the risks and the dangers. Um, you know, like what's going on, what's happening. You know, if somebody falls a quarter mile offshore, in my professional opinion, that's a hazard. Yeah. And so uh, I was just there to back them up, and I'm sure it helped them and made them feel comfortable to kind of send it a little bit more because. Mm. Sure. You know, if that option wasn't there, you know, like maybe guys wouldn't be so eager, you know, at first. But yeah, I think, well, you know, like as I was as I was there to back them up and to, just to kind of give them a confidence boost um, that they needed to kind of push and progress forward. You know, everyone sure. was like, oh, that was doable, you know. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So it was, it's it was kind of like a symbiotic relationship there, you know for 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 all of us yeah um, no, big time i know um car, you probably made car here a bit too comfortable <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. uh, but you know i will say a lot of those times when those guys had those big sends they they for sure did it unassisted and crazy like middle of the day nobody's around you know or kind of like yeah you know i gotta give my hats off to those guys and for anyone that's on those early days we're so eager to do a hoi kai run and they would just go for it you know and uh, i think a lot of times like it was there was peer pressure but it was almost like you know like oh this guy's doing it like maybe you couldn't rally up a partner or two because yeah. you know if something happens to your partner kind of ruins your whole run yeah so a lot of times the the hawaii kai sends were like just guys going solo and that was that's pretty nuts you know yeah yeah for sure it's um a long way out to see <laughs> right yeah. right yeah um, um interestingly though like i guess you know, on a, like an outrigger or a stand-up, you and I probably wouldn't even think twice 
on doing that run. You know, it's like, you know, worst case we paddle the whole way. And if we don't get a bump the whole way, we know we can paddle the whole distance. I guess the biggest difference right. is with the, you know, the prone guys, like prone paddling on a four, five foot board is a long slog. Um, and that'd be dangerous too. Yeah. 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 We're just going so slowly um, versus, <laughs> <laughs> and then even like your six, seven, eight foot standups is a little bit quicker, but not, not a lot quicker. So I guess from your downwind experience, like, like from our rigger paddling, canoe paddling, how, how was your journey in, in, in learning? Because you had the knowledge of what you're looking for, but, right. and then you knew how to foil in the surf. How did you marry those two up? So it, it was, it was interesting because, and I'm sure, I'm sure you too, um, say like my, my style or anybody who's come from a downwinding background, their style would just be efficiency, um, saving as much energy as they can, going as fast as they can, picking a nice line, point A to point B. You know, there's no extracurricular movement or curvatures in their lines. And I remember, you know, there's a little bit just maybe not seeing it from their perspective yet, but I remember seeing Jack and Scotty and all those guys and they were, they were ripping, uh, doing downwinds. And they're doing turns and big stuff. And I was just, back then, I was just thinking, like, what are they doing? They're, they're not going as fast as possible. They're, they're wasting. What are, they're slowing down, turning, Yeah. you know. But foiling, like I said, it, it's such a unique sport. And the downwinding part of it is so unique that actually when you do turns, um, you're creating lift. Yeah. Um, you're setting yourself up to position yourself nice and high on the bump again. So it can be like energy saving in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, but like I said, like they were, their, their goggles or their lens of looking at it was like surfers in a skate park and just hitting copings all over the place. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I'm sure like for you, like we're just yeah. looking at yeah. <laughs> the most efficient course possible. Yeah. So, you know, just, it was, it was amazing. Like, you know, I've never looked at a lens like that. Me, you know, we, we can't really, do those sorts of things on a canoe maybe for you guys you know like every once in a while you do like a nice little turn but you're burning off so much speed that's not really worth it and yeah. the whole thing is trying to keep speed right yeah and yeah. so it was it was it was an adjustment but like you know like now you know um you know we're all pretty confident in what we're feeling and our ability and our level where now we can look at it with a real playful lens but you know, as we transition toward back towards uh, racing, it's um, it's interesting because, you know, we're still trying to we're we're trying to figure out what's the fastest way possible. How can we uh, conserve the most energy? Um, the different lines we take, you know, and you know, there's so much. There's other uh, mental parts of it, like you know, like we've been preparing here, getting ready for races, and just being in a racing mindset with somebody, and you're and you're just blitzing and you're sparring some other guy it can like men it can totally mess with your like mental psyche oh you, you know? lose your and rhythm then, completely you lose your rhythm right one of uh one of my one of my close paddling friends and mentors he told me you know when you're racing somebody you know your heart rate gets up and you get out of rhythm and, and you're just racing 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 but if you just focus in on what's right in front of you and you kind of get back into flow and rhythm you know you actually be going faster so it's kind of dealing with that too right as we're foiling and we're trying to go for speed it's you know like it is about pumping up and over bumps or triangle as fast as you can but also 
staying in flow, staying in rhythm, staying composed. Mm. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm looking forward to talking about Molokai with you because I know you're um, a champion and a veteran, and um, it's going to be cool to see people's different perspectives, right? Where yeah, um, it's it's going to be cool to to get into that and, and and chat about that. Yeah, let's um let let's sort of build towards that. Um, let's let's yeah. go with like what was your first setup? Like what was your first foil setup and then had like then your first downwind foil setup and was it prone was it stand up i know you've progressed into the, the hand paddles as well and how's all that yeah, yeah. looking so from the beginning i guess i think my first time i paddled out on a prone board i borrowed a buddy's board it might have been a 5-0 or 5-2 prone and we were riding like a, a dinosaur nash foil yeah um and I remember being blown away because it's just getting launched out the back. We're taking off on like, you know, probably two meter waves or, you know, like six foot bases. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you have, you have no idea that that's like a dangerous takeoff, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on a yeah. foil. We're still learning like this is nothing, you know? And yeah, I think that was the most humbling thing is just pulling off on, on like one foot wave just because, you know, that's how Scary. explosive the lips are yeah. on uh, yeah. foils. Yeah, um, especially those early foils. Especially yeah, those early foils. The surf foils, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think my first setup was a four-six um, Amundsen board, and I had to lift two fifty surf, mm -hmm. um, and that's the the biggest one um, at the time. I remember, you know, my style at first is I wasn't like a super pocket turny guy. Um, I wasn't interested in doing turns at first. I was fascinated with staying up just because for me, that was the most exciting thing about foiling was yeah. length of ride and um, staying up as long as possible and connecting waves. There's mm. nothing like it, right? To me, yeah. that was the most um, differentiating thing about it. So I was fascinated with that. Um, probably after four months of getting you know, decent at it, and was, I remember it's funny is I had some friends telling me, you know, I was falling around connecting waves, staying up for maybe two or three waves at a time. But friends would dog me like, hey, do something. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was just I wasn't worried about yeah, the yeah. turns because yeah. I, was, I loved I loved just riding waves as long as I could. Yeah. Um and then, you know, we had our first go at downwinding. It was terrible. You know, I could see it, I had the vision. Um the bumps were raging. It was just wild and crazy. But the thing that I wasn't prepared for yet at the time was taking off on a gnarly, burly, you know, like two and a half meter wave mm. and just being so just like a washing machine, just a lot of water moving. You know, I think at the time we didn't realize that all the undercurrents and all the water moving underneath just kind of makes you unstable. Yeah. So I could see all the bumps going down the coast and it would kill me because I would want to yeah. chase and ride it but I couldn't get up and I was just, you know, I never, you know, never thought to get towed in. I never thought to get jump off the ski or never thought to stand up paddle. It was always early on. It was like, okay, we got to get a wave chip out and, and go as long as we could. Yeah. Um, wasn't successful. Um, our probably our next phase, our next stage was um, connecting surf break to surf break. So kind of mm -hmm. like spot hopping. And yeah. to us, that was exciting because, you know, I was just lengthening the ride. And then um, once we started doing that, like I said, we went back 
to the wind bumps on the lift 250 surf wing. And I remember going probably 150 yards or 200 yards or meters down the coast connecting bumps. And I was just like, just ecstatic. Like, yeah, you know, just so so pumped, you know, best feeling feeling ever. Um, And, you know, it's funny because now we're doing, you know, runs miles down the coast, but it was so exciting to just go and just be propelled by the ocean like that and just feel you know like what we felt in our in our pastimes of uh, canoe paddling or stand up paddling yeah but um for me is i'm standing up so i'm actually surfing the ocean but for you that might have been cool because what, what what was it for you that was exciting like just going faster the levitation or oh it was the speed and the ability to turn like it, like like in the surf imagine riding a 14 foot board or, or an 18 foot board versus yeah. a like a six foot board but and then right. on top of that you're above the water so like like i always described stand up as a surfing the bumps out to sea and we kind right. of are we're gliding we're like fully longboarding whereas now we're like we're surfing the bumps out to sea on the foil like proper right yeah it's crazy right right, right. yeah yeah it's there's there's nothing like it i'm so I'm so excited for the sport. Um, I still feel like there's so much to grow and it's exciting to see people all over the world. You know, like to me, that fascinates me is like when you got guys in, in Europe in the most uninviting places where they're cold water lakes, you know, different coastlines. And it's just, it's exciting to see it take off all over the world. You know? Oh, I couldn't exactly right. That's, that's it. Like there's guys I'm coaching in like lakes in Switzerland who are doing downwinders <laughs> like the lakes only like you know four or five kilometers like long or wide and they're waiting for those like 30 40 knot days and they're sending it down the in a lake like it's yeah you can literally do yeah. downwind foiling anywhere you can voyage anywhere. anywhere 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 yeah to me that's that's the most exciting the most amazing and the most convincing part that we're doing the best uh we're doing the best uh water sport in my opinion you know mm. it's just it's tricky because, you know, the learning curve is so intense and it's so elite, but I have a strong belief that we are involved in the most, yeah, fascinating uh, sport, water sport there is, ocean sport. Yeah, but I guess on that, like it being difficult, downwind, any sport is difficult. Like stand-up paddling downwind is hard because the balance. Right. Paddling a canoe downwind is hard because, you know, everything just, there's just more energy going on it's um right. it's difficult then there's a learning process and i guess people have to understand that too like voyaging down or along a coastline or along a lake or whatever it is you, you you need to understand the bumps around you and there's that level of like i need to be able to perfect my craft and then i need to perfect my craft in the downwind conditions and that's something that you know a lot of people obviously foiling's harder than most other things but it's right. but it's to perfect your craft and then perfect it in downwind they're almost they're kind of different sports altogether like surf foiling to downwind foiling it's you're reading it very differently and i guess um you, you described it like you were paddling into waves to start with and then you know going you know two three hundred yards down the coast and and then so so what was the next progression i i love hearing how like people learnt and and what equipment they were using so i'm gonna Right, right. So, so when so, did you go to like you know 
the, the full Kaiko's runs. No, it's, it's like, when did you start doing the full, like what equipment were you only doing the Kaiko's runs? Right. So um, we started stomping out Kaiko's runs when the uh, high aspect line started coming out. I don't think the time we were foiling other than gold foil and I think Signature had the Albatross out, but most of us were riding lifts. And I think as soon as they dropped their high aspect line, we all got the 170s. I was riding the the high aspect 200 at first, and it was a little bit a little bit of an adjustment, like you know, learning it in the surf. But I just remember feeling the glide and how efficient these wings were, and just being like, "This is a no brainer. Like yeah. we're gonna for sure stomp out these runs on these things." Yeah. Um, and um, I think there was like less than five on the island, but you know, like so we were like borrowing each other's gear like hey man can i go on the run let me let me borrow your setup real quick or like yeah. you know um it was it was just exciting because now like we were able to make it a half mile down the coast a mile down the going halfway so from black point to lighthouse yeah. and just being pumped you know yeah um and, and so it's been yeah so once we started doing the runs it was cool because we started um we started um putting together a group chat of guys. And I think at the time it was maybe like four of us, me, Jack, Adam, Scotty, and this, this kid drew or five of us. And it was cool. We were like jonesing to go because it was this brand new, um, brand new sport, just budding on Oahu. And, you know, we would go, we would go, we would go. And, you know, like I remember coming in and all the different foilers or even surfers would just kind of yell out to us like, Hey, where'd you guys come from? Yeah, yeah. And, and it, yeah. Was, it was cool. Like we're like all pumped. Like we just came for Kaikos, and <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was cool because, um, you know, like the sport was starting to rapidly go. Guys would start coming with us, but it was kind of, it was kind of iffy because, you know, obviously you don't want to feel responsible for people. Like, oh, where did they go down? Or yeah. you know, Ooh, I don't know if I don't know if they're ready or this yeah. or that. But it was cool. We started slowly, slowly growing our group, and it was. It was cool. It was like a nice, it was a nice community. Guys were stoked and we were, we were learning from each other um, and just getting so pumped for each other yeah. um, that we were doing this run, doing this run. And, you know, slowly like a truck full of three, four guys or, a, you know, the um, a group chat of five guys was growing to 10 and, you know, it was growing from one truck to two trucks. Um, yeah. And then, you know, now, you know, four years later on a windy day, you can drive up and down Diamond Head, and at some point during the day, you'll see a little clump of guys going, or you'll see like just truckloads of guys going, and you know we can't even keep up with the, you know, just the community. It's it's so um, excited and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing, but it's cool because it's simultaneously like, in my opinion, it's cool. Like the uh, prone foiling is a good step in the door, um, you know, just those the whole sport. But eventually, I hope that people will graduate and discover new methods of popping up, whether it's with an SUP paddle or a hand paddle. Yeah. Because that's what it's really about is just getting more, more chunk off your bike. Um, and, you know, instead of voyaging for 10 minutes at a time, you can do it at for 20, 30 minutes at a time or maybe even longer, you know? Yeah, for sure. What you guys are doing is crazy. I, I'm, I'm jealous <laughs> of you guys because you guys have – Good coastline where you can get, you know. Yeah, we got a big island. Yeah. Yeah, you got a big island. Um, yeah. 
but but yeah you know hopefully for us like that's what it is and we've seen it kind of grow where like there was like a first batch of people who got it to SUP and then there was a second batch third batch and it's cool because now we're kind of trying to bring everybody up and and grow the sport but it's also just fun to get out there with as as much buddies as you can oh, for sure. um, and it, it's fun to enjoy it together you yeah know? And for so sure. that's what's cool i remember uh, i remember you know when you launched your podcast it was like you, you you didn't have any buddies you know and it was like you're trying to convince everybody but it's just yeah. it, it takes a while to grow but once the snowball starts going it starts starts yeah. growing you know yeah and then they're all there's mates are looking at what they're doing and just like oh what are you doing how are you doing that and what equipment you're using and it just yeah it just it fully snowballs um a few things I've picked up on, like not just you, but also Kahi have said before, but like the have a high aspect foils really opened up the the, right. the sort of the Kaikos run for you guys, just because the extra glide you're getting. Um, w- what I found, or well, I guess at the time, the the higher aspect foils that came out were probably harder to get up than the lower aspect foils in terms of the paddling, like the chip in, mm-hmm. like you couldn't actually like patch a bump as easy on a higher aspect foil. As what you can in a lower aspect foil. So just the the, the paddle right. up was harder. So I remember when I was sat in the yeah. car, I'm like, he was saying like, if you don't have a high aspect, you're not coming for the for the prone. And you know <laughs> that was the rule. It was like, man, you got to go back, get a high aspect, come back next time. Um, but right. I think it's which right. makes total sense for prone because the if you're catching a wave, the energy is there that you can sort of get up on anything. So the smaller foil makes a lot of sense. And then with the stand up, which I'm gonna get you to go on more now, like how is your stand up journey and and like the, the the chip in, and obviously there's now bigger mm-hmm. high aspect foils um, than when I first, than you know when they first came out. But how did that all go? The the, the right. equipment for sup and prone. So um, you know, I was, I was, I thought I was going to be a prone, um, a prone Voyager downwind foiler forever. I was skeptical in the back of my head, like there's no way these big stand-up boards are faster. Like why would you want to? be going around on a on a big board just lugging it around and um you know i remember reflecting back you know the reason was i think when you start on a prone board if you're a beginner you start off on a big like 410 or 50 board and once you get up on it it's just it's so dull it's so heavy and it just bogs around mm-hmm. um and then you, you eventually graduate and, and go smaller and smaller and you you learning that it gets more efficient and it gets lighter it's easier to pump um but i think that's just basically how poor the design of boards were uh, back then yeah um so you know like i said in the back of my head i'm like i don't want to do that i don't want to like i don't want to dumb or numb the sensation of uh voyaging down you know so i'd never i was pretty hard-headed i was stubborn for a while to get into it um but so like yeah nikapuli and jacko they were going, they were going, they were having so much fun, and I was skeptical. I was, I was late to the party. Um, I had planned a family vacation to go check out the gorge. A lot of the guys from Hawaii were starting to explore and go up there. Jack was going, Eric Sturman and Aaron Evelyn were heading up there, and I would just see the clips of it. I was just like, this is amazing. My 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 buddy Christian Bradley as well. Um, but I'd always. In the back of my head, I thought like, how, what am I going to do? Am I going to dock start? Am I going to yeah. rock start? How, how am I going to get up? You know, I was like, yeah, it was like last resort was I'm going to have to learn this stand up paddle thing and just, you know, just, just kind of suffer for a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe about two weeks out, maybe about like a month out from the trip, 
I got to myself a, um, a Dave Kalama 60 by 20 and 78 liter board. I'm about 180 pounds, so that might be was that 70 kilos? I'm not yeah, entirely it's sure. To me. It's like 80 kilos, similar to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so this board was tiny, but it was big, right? Because you know we're riding, you know, four foot boards. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was putting on the back burner because I was drawing from my knowledge of uh, paddling that I, I know which bump to choose. I know how which bump to chase, and you know we're gonna chase the back of it and this and that. And um, you know, um, I put it off, and maybe about two weeks before my trip, I'm like, okay, let me let me get out there and start try and see if I could get up you yeah. know I didn't even go to the surf lineup I didn't even paddle in flat water my first session okay I borrowed uh Travis Grant you know Travis yeah yeah Travis Grant so um he's a good paddling mate of, of mine we, we did a couple of channels together in the in the six-man canoe yeah but big Aussie champ you know stand-up paddler guy um I borrowed he had a subfoil and he kills me because I know he's such a great water athlete and a stand-up athlete and he has a board and has foils and he doesn't go. And uh, it come kills on, me. Yeah. Come on, Trav. Yeah. Travinomist. But yeah. um <laughs> uh, he's he's too busy, right? He's he's yeah. got families, kids, and he's yeah. uh he's kind of still pursuing the canoe paddling thing. So yeah. for him it's backward. But anyways, I borrowed his board. I go straight to Kaiko's, I jump off the rocks and I try to stand up on my, on this board and I'm falling. I'm not even standing on the board for more than three seconds. Yeah. I go to take a, I go to take a stroke and I do a full 180 and I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like this is impossible. And then the thing was like a bathtub. It was, had no glide. I, I, I don't know the dams, but it was like a, it was like an NSP board. Yeah that had just like atrocious contours on the bottom that was just making it super sticky. Yeah. And um, I, there was no way, I, and from my paddling background, I knew that there was no way that I would generate the speed to catch a bump. Yeah. And so, I, um, you know, after 15 minutes of just complete failure, I was like, okay, you know, I'll catch a wave. I couldn't, I couldn't catch a wave. There was no, I couldn't stand up on the board. I couldn't generate the speed to catch a wave or match the speed of a wave to get up on foil. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take off on my belly with the paddle under my chest yeah. and try and catch a wave. Try to catch a wave. I wasn't used to it. My feet were in the wrong spot. I was just, if you look at my Garmin, it was like the gnarliest um, bloodbath of like a spaghetti line. It was just, <laughs> and it took me. It took me two and a half hours to go three miles down the coast. It took me, like, I I just had, like, I jumped in at Kaiko's. I got dropped off by my dad, and, you know, I was committed. I was going to finish at one point. But, yeah, after probably another hour, hour 15 in the lineup, just, just failing and just getting so frustrated because I couldn't catch a wave. I just started making my way down the coast just on my belly yeah. just to make kind of forward progress. Yeah. And then I remember probably three quarters down the coast towards the finish, I would paddle like five to 10 strokes up. And that was like, okay, this is like a huge win for me that I Pressing. can just go. Yeah. <laughs> Learning. Just go yeah. straight. Learning, baby. Yeah. But um, that was my first experience. And I remember – before I had went out, I had sent a text to the boys, like, all stoked, like, 
yeah, like I'm going on the sup, let's go. And then I sent them a video as soon as I came in, two and a half hours later of disaster. And I, it was funny, I put on a, a Voyager sticker because I was all pumped. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hook up Trav with a Voyager sticker and this and that and be all pumped. Like, this is new. This is exciting. And I remember coming in, I just being so pissed off, disappointed and depressed that I ripped the sticker off of the <laughs> stand board. I was like, hey, boys, this doesn't belong here. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and just being just destroyed. Like, yeah. I'm never doing this again, you know. Yeah. Two yeah. and a half hours. And then, like that run takes us like eight to ten minutes, you know. Yeah, that's and it was just complete shockers, zero hero to zero. Yeah, you know. And then, um, but you know, I'm after a couple of days of recovery, just just of my ego and my body, you know, I was still had that trip planned for the gorge. Um, and I had a board. I was like, okay, I'm well, as well use this thing. <laughs> Here we go. I would yeah. go out to, yeah, I would go out to Waikiki and. You know, like try and paddle on the board, stay up if I could stay up. But I didn't realize too that board is tiny for the time. You know, six o, seventy eight liter board, and yeah, it just little. I would I would sink this thing. Mm. But just eventually, it just you know, just having the uh, discipline to just take it in stages. Or like, okay, I should be able to stand up. I should be able to paddle. Maybe switch sides or catch waves. And eventually, I was like, okay, I can catch waves on the surf. I'm ready for the gorge. I go over to the gorge, all pumped. I meet up with um, a guy from Big Winds, get a, get a climb aboard. I'm all pumped, all stoked. I show up. And there's like a local, whole bunch of local wingers and, and foil guys, but they're like, you know, 67 years old. And I'm all pumped. I'm all unloading my gear. I'm all stoked. Like, yeah, guys, I'm from Hawaii. Like, yeah, yeah. You guys heard of Voyager Foil? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. all like flexing my chest. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is cool. Like, I do this all the time. I'm there with my family and my kids and um, I paddle out and I had no idea that, you know, like now, like you think you can do it. You go out in the bumps and like the water's moving and I couldn't even stand on my board. I was falling. I was like, it was funny because as I paddle out, all those locals at the gorge, like all these 67 year old guys are like, hey guys, we got, a, we got a real Hawaiian here. Let's check them out. <laughs> like yes. out. And you know, like, after 45 minutes of being stuck in the same spot, falling and, you know, like not even getting close. I had a couple slapper moments where I was like, I got close. I was like, oh, but I just, I couldn't balance. Yeah. And the shame because I come back in and then like my kids are like, you know, like dad, I thought you knew how to foil. Like, <laughs> that was probably their first, first time, like, you know, seeing me foil. Yeah. And then like my wife, my wife was telling me like, yeah, those, <laughs> those guys after 10 minutes were like, does he need help? Does he know what he's doing out there? And I was just so ashamed because I was, you know, I, I, I couldn't do it. And, you know, I'd seen some of these guys at the gorge and, you know, like no offense, but they look wonky. They look goofy. They're doing it in full suits. They don't look like water people at all. They're doing it in booties and shoes. And like, yeah. you know, I'm also thinking like, oh my God, I got this, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shattered, yeah. freaking shattered. Yeah. I, yeah, I how's the ego? How's the, the ego after that? It's yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Now I wanted to quit. I was like, I got this board. I wasted all this money on this board. I come to the mecca of of downward. I can't even get up. Like, mm. you know, I didn't even get the foil. Like me and my buddy were just doing dock starts at, you know, like in the in the bay or in the, where it was flat. And I was just, yeah. I was just bummed because I didn't get a, I didn't even get any riding time. You know. Yeah. Well, the other I thing I guess worth worth mentioning, like to make you feel a little bit better, is the salt water to the fresh water 
like I find I need more volume in fresh water than I do in salt water. So like if you're on a 78 liter board, it's already tiny in like the ocean. You go 78 liter yeah. to the river, like freshwater river. And that's like, that's like sinker, full sinker. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd actually borrowed a different board. I think it was like a, I borrowed a 6.0 or 6.1 or 6.2 Kalama. And those are his super egg wide boards that he had yeah. at the time. Yeah. It was maybe yeah. like 6.1, 6.2 by yeah. 20, 23 wide. Yeah. So like that was, that wasn't even an excuse. I was just, I just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I remember coming back home and um, I was just, you know, pretty defeated, but still kind of curious. I don't know, you know, why I didn't just give up and just commit back to the prone, but came back on my board, got a little bit more acclimated, went out for my first Keiko's run, you know, bit, I got up, you know, and I was like, just like pumped. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the next session, I figured out, okay, I'm going to start up at China Walls and we're going to. We're going to go um, eight miles and whatever. If I can't get up, I'm going to get great practice. I have eight yeah. miles or what yep. would that be? 15K, 16K yeah. of just pop-up practice. But it's crazy because it was so critical and it was so um, like there was so much anxiety and pressure because I would stand up on the board and I would be just be spending – 95% of my energy and effort balancing that if I didn't pop up or get a bump in like 10, 15 seconds, I'd have to sit down and just like yeah. just fully breathe and regather myself. It was pathetic, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, I ended up popping up and it was, and then it was pressure. Cause it's like, there's no guarantees. If I fall, I'm going to pop up again. So yeah. I better stay up. Yeah. You know? And so, eventually got better and got better and you know we had some of them had my buddy moses who was my sparring partner at the time we was like going with each other and it was like always a race of who could pop up and it was it was almost like uh you know every man for themselves. i remember Once one time up. yeah 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 i mean you know like in canoe paddling you know we go on runs and if it's big and you're going with a buddy who's his first time you know like you know like, oh yeah we'll stop halfway and kind of you know, we'll, re we'll regroup, we'll gather. I'll make sure that you don't flip or, you know, you're not having trouble. Yeah. None of that. <laughs> you're not stopping. If you're up, you're going the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no way I'm stopping. Like, yeah. I can't, I put myself in danger, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. remember one time I went with him, um, his dad dropped us off. Um, and we go, I come in, I have a great run. My best run at the time because, you know, we're still climbing that curve. And I had popped up pretty pretty quick and made it the whole way so I was pumped and Moses my buddy was just learning at the time and you know it was his first run he could pop up a little bit but not super certain yeah. and it took him a while and I was I came in and his dad came in and we were just kind of dry showered off and kind of like waiting for Moses and you know after 30 minutes his dad just kind of like flipped out on me he's like hey where's where's my son and was like <laughs> like was like angry at me because like I hadn't stopped and waited for him. Yeah. And it was like, it almost got to like a, like I thought I, I thought I was going to get beat up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. his son, his father was being super protective and like, it was crazy, but we ended up looking for Moses and he was just still just paddling down the coast, not on foil, just making his way slowly yeah. down the coast. And it was just, my heart sank because I was like 
oh my gosh, I gotta like find him. I was like worried for him. Yeah. But I was also like worried that like his dad was gonna beat me up, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Double I, double trouble. I was responsible. Yeah, I was I was I was responsible for like waiting for him. But it, you know, like I, I think a lot of people they don't know that like, hey man, it's it's every man for themselves. I can't come down, you know. I I, I gotta stay up and you yeah, know, I can't put myself in jeopardy too. Yeah, you know? it, it's a really tricky one. That's I probably worth let's elaborate on that. Like like looking back, would you have changed anything? Or I guess like because because I have the same dilemma. Like when I'm going with crew that are still learning, I'm like, well, look, I'm going and I can wait for you out in the ocean, but I'm gonna get cold eventually and I gotta go. And it's probably yeah. safer for me to be on land looking for you than sitting out in the ocean waiting for you. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like it's it's a tricky one for sure. Communication is key. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, nowadays we just kind of tell people to stomp out as much of the shorter, smaller runs as they can, and once they're comfortable, and then you start stretching out to yeah, the longer runs, for sure. Rather than just you know jumping off the deep end. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, oh, yeah. But it's it's funny because you know like we were, I mean, I was, we were all the guinea pigs at the moment. Just we, you know, we had to learn all learn these things. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then hopefully, you know, applying it to the second, third, fourth batch of guys coming up, we can give them advice that'll help them and help accelerate their their journey for voyaging, you know? Yeah. I think it's really important that when you're going downwind foiling with people, that you go with someone a really similar level to you. Like, yeah. Like, obviously, sounded like you were a bit more advanced than, than your buddy Moses. So, yeah. That was probably the biggest problem. You made it in, in one run and he was not so like the the, the time <laughs> difference was huge you know so whereas yeah. if you're both we're, learning, yeah, yeah if you're learning at the same level and you're sort of both up and going then even if you're even if you get one really good run you're probably not making the entire run you know on your second or third go but like and you kind of figure it out but having a a friend or or you know partner that's similar level is so important i feel it's like key. It's key. yeah it's definitely key um but yeah, you know, like I said, that's that's all stuff that we were just learning and ironing out as we're going. But but yeah, like I said, like now, you know, like you've got a great uh, coaching platform and program, or you know, we've done it enough where now we can give um, yeah advice advice, advice to new people. You know, yeah, there's more yeah. and more people doing it, and like I don't like my coaching isn't for everyone. Some people like to just figure it out themselves. Some people want to have a few right. tips and pointers and look at video and help them out a little bit that way. It's not for everyone. Yeah, people and like learn. It's, not supposed to be for everyone people learn differently yeah yeah people exactly. learn differently maybe some tips you gave will help somebody but it might not help the other or yeah you know it, it's cool because i've actually had some of my buddies um come from paddling and they didn't have any surfing background yeah so like you know i could tell them something and they'll understand it whereas you know i've gone out with some other friends and they're trying to attack the bump and like you literally have to be like okay go <laughs> now yeah you yeah. know it's like yeah they have no they have no idea what they're looking at and it's yeah. hard to explain, but so hard, you know, every, yeah. everyone learns differently. Everyone learns yeah. different. And it's like, yeah, like a lot of people locally, like they, they don't sign up for my online coaching, but I go do sessions with them, like in the water. I'm like, I'm literally, I did a session up in over in Western Australia with a guy and he's part of my coaching stuff too. But we, we went over to Xmouth and I was behind him filming the entire run, telling him, go left now, go right now. <laughs> wait, 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 go now. And then like, just like, it's like, right. literally like his eyes, like I was his, like telling him, I was like steering him, like, okay, you're this way and then this way. And like, he learned so much yeah. from that because he understood what he has to do once he's up. And having a friend that yeah. 
is better than you and is willing to sort of like, I use a much slower foil than I would normally that day. And I, we literally had two of his boards and I went out in his backup board and we swapped a couple of times and like, so we were the same speed. And it was actually so right. fun. Like having, seeing him, the longest run he'd ever done before was like 10 minutes yeah. and he was up for like 45 minutes. Like we did like a 20, yeah. 30K run. Like it was so sick. So like having a friend that can direct or guide you is, it's key. It, it, it is going to, yeah, it's going to be big. And having someone close is just as good because you can learn off each other. So that, right. Yeah. And then the, it's, it's also like when I'm, I'm sure with, uh, I'm sure with you and, um, Oh, can you see me? Sorry. Yeah, I had a call yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's cool because, um, you know, I feel like too, it's, it's exciting for like in your position or in my position, when you're helping people and you seeing people learn, it's exciting. You're yeah. stoked for them. You're genuinely so pumped and excited and you're seeing the sport grow. You're seeing people get better it's all worth it you know and oh, yeah. it, it's cool to see the whole level come up you know yeah big time big time um yeah it's it's so rewarding and I'm, I know I'm lucky to do it as a job but it's something I pinch myself all the time it's like how good is this like I get to yeah. teach people to do this stuff and yeah very lucky but um let's yeah. I want to go into the prone paddling so you know you so you, you nailed this up and um and was that on the small board too were you on the same board same foil yeah, so I started on my 60 Kalama. We started with the lift 170, actually the lift 200 high aspect, just so we can kind of yeah, yeah. get more looks at popping up and slapping. And then eventually we downsized to the yeah. 170. And, you know, and then the 120 came out and we were so, we wanted to go out on the 120, but we didn't have enough board and we couldn't generate enough speed. Yeah. And um, that was when um, Dave came out with the Barracuda. Yeah. And we took out the Barracuda. And I was just blown away at how uh, quick you could bring it up to plane. And for us, that was everything was like, okay, like, you know, it was nice to be on the 170 and it was cruisy and it was a good size wing. But, you know, you want to go faster, you want to go longer and, and, and just hit these, you know, higher speeds and attack yeah. different sections. Yeah. And so that's what it was. We Then we got basically got the Barracuda just because – we could get up on the 120 or get up yeah. in poorer conditions. Yeah. And that was exciting for us. You know, at first it's like, it took a while to have the idea of riding a longer board grow on you because, you know, coming from a prone where, you know, we're still very skeptical that a bigger board is going to ride better, yeah. you know? So you kind of try to keep your board down. Like, you know, that's why I wanted the 6.0 78 liters. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you learn that, you know, okay, like, you know, maybe I can just improve my technique, but my technique still sucks, but I'm able to pop up easily. I, I rely on my, uh, I rely on my um, experience in the water of chasing and getting the right ones. I eventually, yeah. you know, I do have to improve. Um, but, you know, like, I hope I didn't like hide it all my abilities in the Barracuda because it paddles so well, just having a longer board. Um, but yeah, so we downsized. Um, and then I remember... You know, um, when I ordered my first Barracuda, Dave sent me a pair of hand paddles. I had, I put those things in the corner. I hung it up. I forgot about it. It was collecting dust. I had no interest in it. Yeah. Just because I was still excited and on the, on the growth learning curve, with the SUP paddle. Yeah. And um, was getting better at it. So I had, I had no desire to do it at all. Um, it just so happened, you know, like, you know, like, 
we're so used to going with big groups of guys, but, you know, like nobody was really, um, you know, like curious. They, they were still skeptical about the sup. So, you know, I hadn't proned with my boys in forever uh, on the runs, like all the, all the boys, you like seeing the boys. And that's another big part of um, the, the good times and the fascination is just the community and the friendships you develop. And so oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to, take the barracuda i'm gonna try these hand paddles out i'll jump in with you guys at kaikos and i'll see if i could get up and um my first session i was blown away um because i was able to attack a bump i wasn't missing bumps i didn't have any balance issues yep um the hand paddles work really well um and you know like every time i would go and paddle for a bump and attack a bump i would get on it the only thing that I was um, dealing with or the learning curve that I had to kind of figure out was when do I stand up? How do I stand up? And how do I get this thing off the water? But probably within the first 10 minutes, I had gotten up. I got a nice good bump, boom, 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 stood up on the board and popped it up. And I was just like, I was like, my life flashed before me because yeah. it's like, yeah. Just a, <laughs> you know like there's no way like there's no i mean you know because how hard it is yeah i don't think anybody's getting up in their first 10 minutes on an sup board on their no. very first go at no. it, you know so i was stoked i was excited um i was excited because it became more accessible to people you yeah. know because not everyone you know said so a, a lot of people are still hanging on to the skepticism in the back of their minds that subs are slower subs are like not as cool or you know there's yeah. guys who are like you know, like prone forever. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, this idea of now catching a bump with your hands and on your knees or on your belly, it could now uh, reach out to a whole nother crop of people. Oh, for sure. Um, it's, I totally agree with you. What, what, um, so what foil were you on for, for that run? And like, were the conditions good? The conditions were mediocre for our Sanders. Yeah. It was probably maybe the bumps were, maybe knee high or yep. so um i was on the cabrinha 1050 at the time yeah um so it, it has good low end and it has good it has good pop and lift yeah would you um, have been sup downwind foiling that one like the cabrinha or would you have been a smaller version of it yeah no i, I would i was using both like yeah um, I use the 1050 for smaller days and I would use the 800 or the 850 for bigger days. Gotcha. Yeah. I yeah. kind of leaned, I kind of leaned towards the 1050 or the 850, just a little bit of a bigger wing. Yep. Just because like I said, maybe as a recent, maybe the last three months, I've been really trying to improve my technique of paddling up. Just because yep. like I said, I'm like a full lazy man. Yeah. Rely yeah. on the bump. Yeah. Waiting for the perfect bump. Yeah. yeah. Patient. Oh, so sometimes just be so patient paddling up like i'd wait three four minutes and boom there's my bump and i'm up yeah whereas like you know, some of my friends they pop up and they get a little push and they just start yanking their hearts out and boom they pop up whereas yeah. like i was like oh, i'm not gonna spend that much energy on it yeah. <laughs> it's the efficiency <laughs> it's been a good, yeah yeah it's been it's been good learning and and applying that you know yeah and getting better but, yeah um, yeah i was riding the 1050 at the time Awesome. Yeah. The, the, the prone thing, I totally agree with you. I think um, more people should learn that way. And, and it's, it, it's a quicker learning curve. As long as the bumps are good, it's, 
you know, th- as you said, the balance, the ability to have good paddle technique, like with the hands, it just sort of happens. Whereas with the paddle, it's like an, an extension of the body. Um, the hardest thing you sort of know is just you're getting the glide, but you're just working out when to pop up to your feet. And when you can pop right. up, you, you know, once you're up, it's like, now you're doing it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're doing it. You're stoked, you know, and it's it's cool. Um, it's, yeah, like I said, I feel like it's it's safer um, because maybe, you know, like when you first started going out there on the stand-up paddle, you're coming with um, an experience level that's unfamiliar. So, like, you still get, like, butterflies, you know, like when you're learning, like, ooh, I don't know if I could pop up, like, ooh. Yeah, I guess you could always get down on your belly and paddle in back to shore if you can't pop up. But yeah, it almost feels like there's an attitude of like I got nothing to lose. I'm on hand paddles, whatever. If anything, or a little catch a wave, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't so have to a, do something with the paddle, like the paddle itself, because like you said, that right. first run you had it under your chest. It's just a bit like it's hard to manage it without. Yeah. You know, it's. I. Yeah, going back to that session, it was like I was so close to just ditching my paddle and just yeah. like. You know, like getting rid of it, yeah. So I could just continue on my run, but I was like, I gotta hold on to this paddle, and yeah, yeah. It was it was hard taking off on your belly, putting your hands on the board and standing up, but then your paddle would, yeah, your paddle would get flown behind, and you'd be like, oh, I gotta come off a foil and go get my paddle. Yeah, um, yeah. But the hand paddles way, it, it's it's cool. How did you um, find? I know a lot of people ask, but how did you find the pop up, like on the board with the hand paddles? Um. I think a lot of people are curious about it because they can't grab the rails and you got to have like a flat hand pop up. Some people, you know, they're different. They like the control of grabbing the rails, especially in a wild takeoff. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've done it a few times or I don't know how much you've done, but I've, I've seen videos of you on it. And um, to me, it's just about standing up at the right time. And you have to have the right bump that has a long enough runway. You want to be standing up on the top of the bump and not when you're like kind of like middle or towards the bottom of the trough after you've dropped in. But, um, you know, like I, I didn't think it was a big issue standing up and using your hands. And then, you know, I had like a belt and I had a carabiner and I would just clip it in. And that was my first thing is like, oh, it feels nice not to hold a paddle anymore. Um, you know, because I remember when I was standing up being at, I, I still don't, I'm, I'm, you know, like trying to modify my technique and see if I could use a paddle, you know, when I'm foiling, you know, downwind just to get the extra speed or just the, you know, to carry me to the next bump. But I normally just sling it around my back and I'm like, I like being hands-free and just riding and it helps me focus in on the bump and staying efficient. And I remember, you know, in the early days when I didn't have that sling technique, I'd be like on a run and be like, oh my hands are so tired because i'd be gripping like gripping the paddle so hard and i'd be like what (laughs) you know i'd be like tripping out you know yeah um but yeah the hand paddles it was cool because they yeah like it felt nice i'd clip it back in and it was just nice and hands-free and it was cool it was exciting and yeah like i said i was i was more excited that a new and larger crop of people could be interested and it was more attainable for them to get yeah. into it, you know? It, it's been there's, so cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's got pros, pros and cons. cons you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go it's through just, those? Yeah. What do you, what do you feel like the pros and cons of each are? 
obviously, I, th I think the hand paddle curve is a lot easier. Um, but it's going to take maybe a little bit more bump knowledge of being when to when to go, when to stand up. Um, it's not hard, but it is something you're going to have to learn. Um, and just like I said, maybe it'll take more um, experience for like guys like you and me who we come from that background. So we know what to chase after and what to go after. Um, also, when you're standing up and your hands are on the board, you're kind of dead in the water, meaning you're you're not adding or contributing any energy to continue helping you pop up. Whereas yeah. if you have a paddle, as you're like kind of like slapping water or just kind of like starting to pop up, but you're still in that kind of low energy, like low end phase, a couple more strokes paddling and boom, you're up, you know? So it's, it's more forgiving in that sense, but you know, vice versa, it's, it takes weeks. It takes yeah, it's a long journey to get time. there. Yeah. It's, it's a long journey to get there, but I think it's, you know, both, both have their pros and cons, but you know, like I always tell people too, it's like, man, like, you know, we had to learn on these gnarly, like surf oils. So yeah. like perhaps maybe our technique of pumping when we got on to high aspects, it was easy. It was butter. Yeah. So like we're, we're people who they learn on high aspects, like, you know, maybe they don't have the fine intricacies and the feeling of what you're feeling how much lift you have how much speed you have how much you know like pump or how much cardio yeah. you have yeah, i think it's also so like there's... trusting the low end like trusting the low end of the foil you, you trust right. that and you you kind of you won't pump too early you know and you right right collide. there's such a there's such a yeah like such a finesse part about that like and i'm sure you know because you're a high level downwinder is if you're on a bump and you pump at too early or you pump too late, it throws off your whole rhythm and your whole flow. Um, and, and the whole positioning on the bump, right? It's, yeah. But it's those little intricate feelings that you maybe can't explain to a beginner, yeah. but like say like someone like you would know, or I would know, it's just, it makes a difference. And that's, what's cool about, you know, when we get into racing and over these long races, Molokai 32 miles, all these little things do count and they'll, they'll, they'll add up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's go into that now. So like you, you've done Molokai to Oahu a number of times on the outrigger and, and, and it's like solo and six man. Yeah. 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 How, how many um, times have you done it? I, I remember, so six man, I did it 10 years in a row. Um, so that's 10 crossings there maybe another four of practice crossings with the team and the club. Yeah. And probably one man I did the solo five times. Yeah. And then the, the OC one relay. So the tag team partner, probably like another eight times. Yeah. And then a handful of practice runs in between that. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, the channel, I lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. the channel. Yeah, you know the channel, but you don't know the channel because every time it's oh, it's so vast and it's that's, so different. Well, that's know? an experienced man talking. You know the channel, but you know that you don't know it because you know it so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it is different every time. Um, every time. How do you see? Like, uh, have you foiled the channel? I I have not. The only channel crossing that we've done so far is the Maui to Molokai. Yeah, and. Um, that was that was fun. That was amazing. 
um, but it's, it's still very, very different from the Molokai Toahu. And the Pilolo channel is right behind your back. It's giant bumps and it's, it's fun and it's very corduroy and just very um, right. easy to read. Right. Whereas, you know, um, the Kaivi channel, Molokai Toahu, it gets a little bit more technical with the direction of bumps, the wind that you have, the swell. When you get closer to Oahu, the backwash, um, the course strategy, there's so much things to think about. And even for me, you know, as confident as I am in foiling, I'm still very kind of nervous about it, you know, because I know how uh, daunting the channel can be. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the biggest yeah. thing, I think, for me, thinking about foiling the channel is the is the change in conditions. Like, mm-hmm. it is like four or five different faces throughout yeah. the entire channel. And and that's, you know, that's on a good day. You know, it, 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 it changes. Yeah, that's on a good day. Yeah. It, it could be north. It could be flat. It could be ripping trades. It's It's just... Yeah, there's it could be low tide, it could be high tide, and you just have these wild sections. Yeah. Like I'm intimidated by it still. Yeah. I've crossed it, you know, twenty plus times and you know, I'm still very intimidated. I can't imagine how these people feel or they haven't done it. I don't want to scare anybody, but yeah. you know, we want it's, <laughs> yeah. it's all it's, it's all gonna be great learning. Like I was talking to a buddy of mine, Dave Louie, he's like a very veteran in canoe paddling as well. And he said, like, you know, like Maybe this year is just a learning year. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. don't be so worried about doing well, performing well. Obviously, we want to do our best, but it's really like sticking your foot in the water and testing the temperature of the water and just seeing yeah. what's possible. Just kind of like, you know, like learning and, and figuring out um, what you're capable of and what the channel's capable of. You know? Yeah, because the, uh, the, the, the distance for foiling com- compared to outrigger or stand-up or prone – or ski it's it's a lot less of a distance foiling yeah. it 52 k's yeah. like if that was like a perfect downwind run 52 kilometers you're probably doing that in two hours like yeah you know that's in an ideal world wind at your back good conditions but for for molokai the start kind of flat <laughs> you know it's offshore winds you know it's like yeah it's flat at the we start would, we would ride the- yeah, we would ride the boat wake for the first 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's that's the best bump that's available for the yeah. first 10 minutes. And then it starts opening up, but it's still very small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I and remember, then, yeah. to me, that was the most exciting part. It's just all that chop when the when all the uh, escrow boat riders are trying to find their um, um, their paddlers. Yeah. And it just, it was just create like this crazy sea of boat wake. Mm. But thinking about it on the foil, you know, like that, that'll give us wobbles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know? Yeah. And then the um, middle, the middle can be like, the, or I guess the first half of the middle, I feel like can be really good. Whereas. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But it just gets yeah. worse. and You just get worse and worse until it's a headwind kind of is how I explain it. It's to a, some crew. It's, yeah. It, it's brutal because, you know, the channel and the closer you get to Oahu, it gets more challenging. You get backwash. You get, yeah, like maybe a headwind. You get bumps that are maybe harder to read because it's just now you're going over different shallow parts of the uh, of of the channel. And um, 
unfortunately your gas tank is going down so yeah. you're not going to have the energy and so <clears throat> i was talking to a, you know some some buddies of mine who are paddlers so they kind of understand and, and you would understand because you guys are maniacs crossing the channels and subs because you know for us on the canoe paddle or the oc ones it would take us maybe three and a half to four hours so you know when you develop your training program your training you're training to hit the wall at three hours right that's when your body fails and you know it was it was cool because it was evident because if you did your homework you did your training you would meet the wall hit the wall but climb through punch through but people who you know maybe didn't put in enough training they would cramp they would fail they could you know just struggle so what's fascinating to me is like you mentioned earlier um our body's still going through the same amount of duress in the fact that we're traveling 32 miles but we're not like necessarily hitting like the time frame of like an endurance mm. like we're hitting hitting the wall you know yeah so it's like it's interesting because you know i feel like our bodies are capable of foiling for two hours but it's just interesting to see how much strain our body will actually go through you know and how yeah. to train for that you know it's just it's yeah it's different we're all trying to brainstorm and figure figure a way out you know yeah it's it's um i guess i, I describe molokai to Oahu not as a downwind race but as an ocean race yeah you know whereas maui to molokai like the pilolo that's a downwind race you know that's oh, and yeah so it's like um i feel like for those that are doing molokai or aspire to do molokai don't just do downwinders because the wind is good. Do ocean paddles or ocean voyages, I guess, because yeah, it's not a true downwind. Down the bumps the are the bumps. The bumps are so different too, right? Like, you know, um, you know, training on our one mans and all those years, and 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 reading, reading, or just going on Hawaii Kai runs. It is so much different to be out there in the channel because there's so much space the way that you read it is different and and it comes at a different angle so a lot of times we would have to you know like train in particular waters to kind of simulate to kind of simulate and um practice that angle yeah but it was still it's still like in, like incomparable to like what you um you know when you're out in the channel and and, and you face these bumps and it's 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 so different you know yeah. um if you can try your best to prepare but usually the best the best way to learn is just doing the race year after year after year you know yeah yeah it's like you'll do your apprenticeship <laughs> yeah right. yeah right it's a there's no shortcuts no there, shortcuts at all no, no but you definitely like like you mentioned like if you train for it and you train enough you'll notice compared to someone who has not trained and has not trained enough because you hit that wall you know, um, yeah. not, 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 yeah. not China wall, but it's like, it's the physical and mental wall, you physical, know, physical, mental yeah, wall. yeah, yeah. Which, which kind of a lot of the time coincides with China wall, but <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's crazy. It's like, I remember racing in the one man and just, you know, getting to China walls and then you've raced somebody you've raced 32 miles and then the race starts at China walls. Yeah. Cause now you're duking it out with three or four guys. Yeah. And it's funny. I was talking to Dave and he was saying like, yeah, it's funny. It's like, 32 miles to the start of the race, you know? And it's yeah. like, it's, a lot of us guys were kind of like, 
you know, thinking and mapping out in our head, like, oh, man, it's going to be brutal because are we going to try and pump in as much as we can? Are we going to lie down on your belly? Hopefully there's some self swell, you know, so like we're kind of like training, doing runs and then like coming down and just like paddling to get our muscles activated, you know, and it's, it's, it's tricky. We've been talking to the race organizers and seeing what the possibilities of ending the race out of China walls would be versus paddling and making it all the way in. Um, and, you know, this is all granted because like, you know, if you make an error an hour into the race that ruins your whole line, you might not even make it to China walls, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like I said, it's on the foil. It's very different because on a canoe or a, a, a sub board, you can correct your line by just brute force and paddling. You know, you're not going to be surfing or moving fast, but at least you can get yourself back on course. Whereas the when you're on the foil, you really got like a minimal like margin of error, and um, it's 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 like I said, I, I'm terrified of it. <laughs> you know, because you know, like I know how I know how important or how um technical it can be you know yeah for sure yeah it's uh it it can all go wrong quickly like like you said one one error and and all of a sudden you're off the line and you're coming in at Waikiki instead <laughs> yeah uh, we were saying like hey just tack on the eight miles let's just finish at Kaimana it might be just a way better line you know yeah um and it would just be you know yeah which is funny right more. you're saying let's go further to make it easier you know yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the angle is way better. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that um, would, that would be that would be better. You know. <laughs> yeah. How many How many of the local boys are doing it? How many of the crew um are signed up? Um, uh, you know, probably within our group, there's probably six to eight guys, and then there's a handful of guys from Outer Island, a bunch of guys from Maui. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, it'll be interesting. There's there's a lot of great talent. Yeah. You yourself included. Kyle Henney. Yeah. Um, there's, Kane. Yeah. Jack. Then there's all these guys. It's it's I'm stoked because that's what makes Molokai so um, epic is how prestigious it is because we have the best water athletes coming around the world to uh, compete in this race and um, so yeah, that's exciting enough in itself, you know. Um, it's not only to test test yourself in the most challenging waters, but test yourself against the most challenging competition too. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's it's the yeah it's it's like the world championship of ocean paddling or ocean ocean racing, I guess is is how I've always yeah said that in my head. Um, right. it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited because one, I have never foiled the channel, but two, the last time that foil racing foil for Molokai was on was 2019 and think about how much has changed in terms of foils boards like what we know since 2019 <laughs> it's yeah. it's actually like it's a to me it's like a clean slate like I don't I've like in terms of form guide I've got no one has any idea like realistically no one would have any idea where anyone sits because it's right it's like Kyle any obviously clean, yeah clean is slate. the defending champ but um, you know, Kane's been posting some seriously quick times. Um, I, I feel like I've got a, you know, I've done the channel before and I've followed some long distances, but foiling long distance compared to 50Ks as fast as you can is very different. So I sort of, I'm, I'm just excited to be there. You know, there's, yeah. and there's, you know, Jack Ho who, you know, lives where the finish is more or less. And it's, 
I'm I'm excited. It's going to be a fun um, couple of weeks of racing, M to M, Hood River, and then Molokai. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a busy month, and we're all excited for it. You know, like I hope it doesn't sound like I have a like a super like loser mentality of it, but I've always thought, and I remember doing the Maui to Molokai last year, and just having these reflections or thoughts that, you know, it's it's awesome that we're our sports progressing forward into long distance races and competition, but it's still so young and it's still like anybody who crosses a channel or completes a race, it's an amazing accomplishment and achievement. Um, you know, whereas like some, you know, like we don't want to get caught up in, in like, who's the fastest. I mean, yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent, but it's also like, it's such a awesome achievement for anybody to, to complete a voyage like that you yeah know? and i think it's really important like what you just said that we don't get too caught up in it. like I, I there's the, there's the risk that like downwind yeah. foiling will be lost to this racing mentality and it will be who's the mm-hmm. fastest and the fastest i can guarantee you is not having the most fun like yeah, almost guaranteed like brutal. yeah it's like it's yeah. brutal to be going the fastest so i've only done a few foil races against like you know similar competition and I did one in, I did a, a Maliko run and I was on a Maliko 200. It was back in like 2018 and I got up like first and within about two minutes up on foil, I realized I was no longer in the race because my gear was too slow. Um, and yeah. it was like, I'm just, I'm just going to surf now. I'm not even worried about another surf. And I had great run people all around and it was fun, but just in the respect that there were people around. But I think, and I, I've mentioned it before in previous podcasts, but I did this run in Western Australia called the King of the Cut. And so like it's a downwind race, but no longer exists. And we, we did a, a like sort of a honorary run. We, we nicknamed it the king of the cutback. So it was, it, was a, it was a race, but there were points for who was first. There were points for who was last. There were points for the fastest kilometer, the f- points for the slowest kilometer, points for getting footage of your buddy, points, points yeah. for you know, being the one who got the footage. Like it made it, it made it fun and it completely changed our like mentality of the yeah. race that we were doing. And I think, I think we should inc- like it's, it's we can just self organize it, but we should organize like a like king of the cutback Voyager, you know, sort of yeah. event. And it's just like all you have to do is upload your Garmin, and you've got all the stats. And then everyone's like literally, um, you everyone should win something in in respect of fastest, slowest, furthest distance right. on the run, the shortest yeah. distance on the run. So I'll, I'll get a list and I'll I'll share it with you. But yeah. um, just to make I, it fun think- and like encourage people to do it and be a part of it and not get caught up in who's first first fastest yeah yeah no that to me that's super important because i think there's a lot of people who are great foilers who um are maybe like nervous or not even curious about racing and doing speed because like you said there's so much different ways to have fun Mm -hmm. and fun could mean so much different things to different people right like yeah you know, like, like I said, we've been training. I've been going with Andrew, um, Andrew Gibbons, um, yep. long arm, long arm eight. Yeah, I, I know. He, yeah. He, he, um, I used to work at the local shop here in Sydney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going with him. I've been going with Edo, Eduardo. He's the, the, the kid that rides Axis. Yeah. He's ripping. And I've been having, he's ripping. I've been having the hardest time keeping up with these guys, but it's, like the whole run, there's nothing like fun about it. Like you're just kind of pumping the whole time. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're not in, 
you're not in rhythm at all and it's just your heart rate's up the whole time but like to me like you know going fast is fun but to me like maybe the more influential part about voyaging is just being nice and relaxed efficient doing turns when you want to do turns having that ride and glide and going as long as you can yeah you know so yeah like i said it's, it's weird to box in the sport to competition yeah but yeah comp- competition is great for our sport because you know it's going to help it grow i'm just going to get international attention and, and and a lot of a lot of big companies um you know shifting their focus towards it but yeah it's there, there's a lot of cool things about the entire sport itself you know yeah for sure yeah i think yeah it's exciting to do some racing but I, i'm almost more excited to get over there and just you know get some runs in with the local crew you know because that's yeah yeah that's where the fun's at and you know it's just the the community the community is special right and it's like you know I, i'm thinking back and you know um when you start foiling you know like you can see a total stranger in the lineup and just be like hey man nice board like yeah what are you riding you yeah. know like <laughs> if you know like how's, how's it feel you know like if you're surfing somewhere, you're never going to say that to some stranger, like on a normal surfboard, like, Hey man, cool board. Like maybe, but like, yeah, you know, like I'd probably look at you funny. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely reaching out to connect more. Um, and you know, you, it's almost like you recognize that the struggle that you went through to learning and falling a hundred times before you have your first successful ride, that guy went through too. So you instantly have a bond. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like when you see that person who's foiling in the surf lineup and now they want to start exploring downwinding and, and doing runs, your admiration and respect goes for them up even more. So it's kind of like, you know, you're stoked. You instantly connect with these strangers um, in your on your island um, across the world, you know, like you like, you know, yeah. like this, this is my first time chatting with you. I feel yeah, like yeah. we're we've known each other for years, you know, really? but it's just. Likewise. We're on the same wavelength of, of understanding the sport, the love, respect, and admiration that we have for it. Yeah. That it's 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 such a unique community, you know? Seriously. And I, I guess a lot of people like- have compared it to like the early, like the 60s surfing. Like it was just, uh, you know, and obviously that was a while ago now. But it's, um, I, I just hope foiling doesn't become what surfing has become. Not, not, no disrespect mm. to surfing, but it's just, there's this aggro, there's this aggro, yeah. um, you know, and yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have commented like 90, 99% of foilers are, are really good guys. Like they're like good, they're good people. Like they, they, as you said, they, they'll say g'day, they'll ask what, what you're riding and there's this friendly aspect to it all. And I don't know how. I think, I, it's, I think it's, I think it's cool too, right? Because like you said, you really have to like die to your ego. Right. Yeah. So in order for you to come out onto the top and, you know, do the level of foiling um, that we're doing downwinding or prone surfing, like you've literally have to be so curious for learning, um, not being afraid of struggle and failure and just have no ego. You know, like even when we're learning how to beach start, you know, we're in, Waik- we're in Waikiki doing beach starts. And it's funny because you have all these like strangers they don't even surf at all like laughing at you because they think it's so easy but like you know beach starting is tough you know yeah, I, but it's yeah. just you know you, you have to have the mental uh capacity and endurance to and and you have to die to your ego to be like ah, i don't care you know like yeah, whatever yeah. so it seems like people are are more um 
similar and alike in that sense. Yeah. When, when we're all full, that's why we can connect so much. Yeah. Good for the soul, I reckon. You know yeah. I mean? Like it's just giving into the ego and just like good for the soul. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's, um, everyone's gone through a hard time to get where they're at. Like no matter how you look at it. Yeah. 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 Everyone starts at zero, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah we all struggled. Um, what else do we want to chat about? I, I, I like really, I wanted to chat to you about like your learning progress, um, the prone paddles, which we've done and, and then the, the racing that's coming up, but, but what else did you want to kind of chat about or, or leave us with? I know you're conscious of your time as well. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm so excited because I feel like we got the, the best sport in the world. We got the best community in the world and we're in such like a infant stage of gear racing, you know, like to me, I'm, I'm so excited because, you know, like, it's like, I'm happy that companies are starting to like sponsor guys and, and come out with new gear. And it's, it's exciting because like, you know, like here in Hawaii, maybe like 15 years ago when I was paddling, you know, it was like our dream to you know, like become professional paddlers or make a living or just be, just even be supported, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, it was just, you know, like it's not comparable to like Tahiti where in Tahiti, like paddling is a professional sport and guys mm. make a living off of it, like a good living, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's exciting. Cause now like we can start seeing glimpses of that um, with foiling. Um, and it's just, it's just pushing the sport in so much different ways, but, it doesn't even need that because like you said, it's foiling is good for the soul. It's made people happier. It's made people healthier. Um, it's given people a new stoke and new purpose. Like, you know, like I'm always pumped to see like, you know, there's like, you know, older guys like Jeff Chang or Greg Stuber, they're like in their sixties and they're pursuing it and you can just love and cheer them on. But you're like, Oh man, like I feel bad. If these guys are in their prime, they'd be like so pumped, you know, but, Either way, yeah. you're so stoked for them because they're, you know, it's given them like a, a cool little like forward purpose and, and yeah, and new lease on life. I think that yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that to me that's the most healthiest thing is when you're a grown adult and you think you're at the top. It's just getting chopped down at your knees and 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 being reminded that like, nah, we're we're. It's always great to learn, you know, and have goals and hit these goals. And I think that's what's making people happy is having these goals, hitting these goals, being in the water every day and just being addicted to learning. You know, yeah, for sure. it's beautiful. It is. It really is. I think that's, that's, uh, if you think you've got nothing to learn, then, you know, you're, <laughs> you're kidding you're yourself. You're in for a surprise. Yeah. You're yeah, in for you're a surprise. Yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and likewise, I, I actually just recently at a camp, like going on that sort of older, there was this, was he 70? Oh, I'm going to, he's some of late seventies. He was almost 80, 76. I think he said he was 76 and a half. And he, he was, wow. he, he kite, he kite surfed, kite foiled, wing foiled. And we we're teaching him to surf foil for the surf time. He'd never surfed before. 76 awesome. and a half. He's, 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 and, and we got him in the waves on the last day of the camp. And you should have seen the grin on his face and I was on the Sorry. camera just losing it. I'm like, holy, he was yeah. just charging. It was like, it wasn't perfect conditions either. And it would just put him on a bigger board and a smaller foil. And he was just like boogie board foiling basically. And just like, ah, like yeah. out of control. But like, 
you know, no one else around. It was so cool to see the stoke on a 76 and a half year old. You know, it was, it was proper. Yeah. It was amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. You learn, you learn, you learn so much too, you know, about yourself and about the sport, about other people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a process, you know, and it's, but you know, it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Like it's crazy to look back, you know, to early days and think how much we knew. And then now here we are four years later with so much more experience, but thinking like how much we didn't know and how much we're eager to continue learning. Cause even with gear, you know, I'm still like, Oh, what, what tail should I use? What's my fuse length? What's, how do I pop up better? How do I paddle better? I, I still can't flat water start, you know, like, without cheating and using a bigger wing. So it's, (laughs) it's cool there. I feel like there's always something evolving um, and, and changing and happening, whether it's gear innovation or just, you know, like even, you know, like when Dave, Jeremy and Kane, they were like popping up, but just like, you know, wobbling their feet, you know, like I'm not even ready to do that. Like I'm still stoked on the learning curve that I am, that I'm on, you know, yeah. But it's, it's like I said, it's amazing because it's almost nonstop learning and nonstop journey. Mm. And it's, it's, an en- it's an endless voyage, you know, and there's nothing like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's honestly, in the, I feel so lucky that um, to, to be alive in this time, like to, to be at the age I am able to, to, to do the, the, the sport that we're doing, like foiling and, yeah. and specifically downwind foiling, I think is um that that's where i really see the the growth personally just because there's there's never been a like a run down like a downwind run where i've thought it's too crowded because like as soon as it gets too crowded you just traverse out like 20 30 meters and you're on your own again like in the middle of the ocean or the lake or the the river or whatever it is like there's so much space out there and but, but then it's also like so amazing when you're downwinding with your buddies like you said it's so fun to film guys and yeah hear the shrieks and screams of stoke and just speed and you're just like it's it's like you know like you don't see guys like dropping in on a wave and getting barreled together and being like like you know they want to go fight on the beach you know yeah yeah whereas yeah. like we're when we're downwind foiling and we're going with people that like that's that's like another level of like stoke and enthusiasm you know yeah yeah exactly that's, that's yeah. yeah like yeah i did a run with zane and jb the other day and i, I had my camera and i was filming them for, for more than i was like imagine if you went for a surf and you took your gopro and you're just filming like your mates the entire oh, you'd time <laughs> yeah you'd be like can you film me for a couple you know like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh that's so, funny yeah it's just yeah, like so fully frothing out like the it's so cool i i love it i, yeah. I love i love the downwind foiling and I'm, I'm stoked to I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a few runs with you when when i get over there yeah oh 100 you know when you guys come we'll, we'll take good care of you guys and yeah to me like like i said that's the most exciting thing is going meeting people and taking them on runs and it's you know like it's it's exciting like i said it's still still i don't even think it's a phase that we're just all excited to like meet and greet and foil with each other I feel like this this will be forever, you know. Mm, yeah. Just a level of stoke and of excitement, and so yeah, definitely yeah. look forward to meeting all the Aussie boys when they come out and and, yeah. and getting some good runs, and getting some good times in, and 
you know, even learning, learning things from each other. That's, oh, that's sure. going to be cool. Yeah. We'll be leaning on yeah. you guys. Show us the local tips, yeah, right. the local runs, you know, yeah. like <laughs> when's the wind good. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, awesome. thanks so much for coming on, Simi. And it's been good to chat to you. And I guess I've, I've followed the Voyager followers for ages, just like loving the content you're putting out and just the stoke you, you know, you're creating. So, so keep doing it. And um, yeah, yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah, we're all, we're all stoked to see you guys killing it and, and seeing the, um, the Diamond Comedian Australia girls. So, yeah it's, it's it's awesome you know yeah it's coming it's just a bit the east coast is hard to learn it's been like yeah, oh yeah. but you know I'm, there's a there's I'm, a committed crew coming I'm, I'm stoked because yeah like it's it's cool because you know we i've heard before from my friends who paddle like they get so pumped on like a an average or mediocre hawaii chiron and like for us we like it wouldn't even like we wouldn't even look twice ago yeah. But those guys are so pumped and they're like, oh, Hawaii's so much better. But like the videos that I see you guys posting and how good the water looks, I'm like, ah, it looks it looks amazing down there. You know, it looks yeah. like it can get really good. But okay. I'm stoked for you guys to come out and, and see and froth. And it's just even being in a new area and being in warm water, blue water, I'm sure you guys would be pumped, you know. Yeah. Hopefully we get some wins, you know. Pray for pray we get wins, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get wind. Uh, you know, at some point, you know, it's the, the trades, the trades will blow. Yeah. It's going to be good. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, let you get back to work, Simi, and then um, I'll, yeah, be in touch because I'm coming out. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Guarantee. Yeah. Re reach out when you, uh, before you head out and we'll make sure to make some plans. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, All right. Mate. Awesome.